You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Blink, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Now, my special guest today is author Mark Feldstein. Mark's going to be here talking to us about his latest book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge, True Animal Rescue Stories. So it's a great book full of all kinds of wonderful stories, heartfelt, sad stories, happy stories, funny stories. You got the stories all about rescue. It's in the book. So we're going to talk to Mark a little bit about that and uh, how he came about writing the book and uh, the whole writing process. So everybody uh, hang tight and we'll talk to Mark in a second. But I want to tell you about a special promotion first. How would you like to receive a free copy of my audiobook? My book, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tell, is now available on audiobook. Find it on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. You can purchase it and download it. Give it to friends and family. But for tonight, by listening to this show, you have an opportunity to receive a free downloadable copy of the audiobook. So sometime during the show, I'll ask a question about today's author and book. First person to email me at tim at petliferadio.com. It's tim at petliferadio.com. First person to email me with the correct answer to the question will receive a free copy of my audiobook, Wagging Tells Every Animal Has a Tell. So listen closely and answer promptly. First one to answer correctly wins. So everybody hang tight. We're coming back with uh, Mark Feldstein to talk about the book Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge. Right after this commercial break, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is Tim Link, and joining me now is author Mark Feldstein. Mark, welcome to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about your book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge. Well, first I was wondering, am I eligible to win Wagon Tails? <laughs> you never know, but no, I'm sorry. But the next oh. episode, if you download the next person we interview, you never know. There may be some free giveaways there, so uh, oh. be a fan oh. for life. <laughs> I figured I'd get the answer right, but okay. <laughs> yeah, if you got it wrong, then we really would start to worry, Mark. <laughs> right. Well, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge is a collection of stories, true animal rescue stories that I gathered from sanctuaries and rescues and shelters from around the country, all no-kill and all non-profit. And with the stories, uh, how did you go about approaching the different rescues and sanctuaries? Did you already have a list of uh, contacts and people you knew, or did you do a blank letter? Because that seems like a, a very nice but very long process. It actually was a long process, especially since I have a regular full-time job during the day, so I could only reach out to rescues through email uh, in the evenings and weekends. And the way it worked was when I decided to go forward and write this book, I, I began to learn about the rescue world. 
because I, uh, I was introduced to it from my father. He had a rescue ranch and had rescued hundreds of animals over the course of 20 years, all kinds, horses and dogs and cats and birds, chickens, all kinds. And uh, when I decided to write the book, I, I began to reach out to all these rescues around the country and, and got back some wonderful comments from people who wanted to share their stories. And so we would do a phone call and I'd uh, type up what they told me and then I would sit in for a week or so and expand upon it and make a story out of um, what happened with, their, with the animals that they've rescued. Wow. Now, was that process as far as uh, reaching out to them, did, was it a challenge to find out who to contact there or did, uh, did you have a list of uh, maybe who to contact or was it hit or miss? It was mostly hit and miss. I went through the internet, um, word of mouth. Sometimes you get a story from one rescuer who would lead you to somebody else and so on. But it, it was a, quite a task. I mean, it took about eight months just reaching out, getting a story here and there, picking and choosing. My rules were few. One was that the rescue had to be no-kill, typically nonprofit. And then I just had to pick and choose what stories I thought would entertain the readers. And so taking a step back, uh, I know you said your dad had spent many years in rescue and had the uh, the large ranch, the 270-acre ranch that was in Montana. Was that correct? That's correct, yeah. This was uh, a, a guy from Brooklyn who moved to Montana, started wearing 10-gallon hats and boots. Even when I picked him up at the airport in L.A., he'd show up in his, uh, all of a sudden, his Western outfit. <laughs> I, Dad, you're from Brooklyn. You're a New Yorker. What, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Who are you and what did you do with my father? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but he, he adopted the lifestyle. He didn't actually get the ranch to be a, a rescue ranch. He only moved there to retire and have a lot of space. And all of a sudden, um, after one auction for charity, he and my stepmother purchased a, uh, a dog named Jed. That was the start. Jed led to another dog, which led to another cat, which led to a horse, <laughs> to a llama, and all of a sudden he had 300 animals on his ranch. Oh my goodness. And, and did he find out mostly that eventually people found out about him and would ask him to take the animals in, or was it always him getting involved with like charity organizations, etc.? Uh, no, people would reach out to them and say they had a, an animal that needed rescue. Sometimes the police would show up with a stray dog or cat and ask if they would take them on. They got their animals from all different ways. Over the years, they probably saved over 500 animals that otherwise would have been euthanized. Wow, good for them. That is fantastic. So then after all these years, you know, and you've got a day job, obviously, you've got a career, what made you want to write a book like this? Well, a couple of years ago, I went to visit that on the ranch, and I was given the tour. And I was amazed. Every animal had a name, and every animal had this incredible story of what had happened. And for me, rescue, it didn't mean anything to me. I was never focused on this world. I thought rescue meant someone didn't want their dog anymore and bring it to a shelter. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that there was such a rampant problem out there with abuse of animals or overbreeding of dogs, of six million animals abandoned each year in this country alone. I had no idea. So after I saw what he was doing, and I came back to L.A., and I started researching a little bit more and finding out that these rescues work on very small budgets, usually just donations. And these people have given up careers 
and jobs in order to be there for these animals and start these non-profit shelters, I realized the only way that I could really help would be to do something to raise funds for them. And that's when I thought of writing the book. By writing the book and selling it and giving them part of the profit, I can help many more animals than I would help if I just volunteered at the local shelter. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's a brilliant thing. Obviously, the book is well put together. Love the stories and loved how you put all that together. And, and your mission and purpose for it is spot on as well. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. All right, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break here and give our sponsors a chance to tell us about all the goodies they have. But everybody hang tight. We're going to come back and talk to author uh, Mark Feldstein about his book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge, True Animal Rescue Stories. Uh, You're listening to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery. Or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. The show's Tim Link, and I wanted to tell you about some exciting news I'm very excited about, and hopefully you will be too. My new book, my upcoming book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. Join the conversation to improve behavior and bond with your animals is now available for pre-order on Amazon. So you can go on there today, check it out, find out a little bit more about the book and what it's all about. You're going to enjoy it. Pre-order it today. I believe they have some discounts going on as well. So take advantage of that as well. So everybody check it out. Talking with Dogs and Cats by Tim Links. I appreciate it very much. We're now going to uh, talk a little bit more with Mark Feldstein. Talk about his book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge. Now, Mark, you told us a little bit in the uh, previous section about putting together the book and the challenges and everything that goes along with it. Is this your first book that you've written? No, actually, I did write another book years ago. 
Just to give you a little background, I graduated from college and came out to California to be a writer, ah. but something went wrong, and I ended up <laughs> becoming a CFO. And how I switched from right brain to left brain, I'll never figure out. <laughs> but uh, I, I did do some writing back in those early days, and I just needed to have a steady paycheck because mm -hmm. my landlord, he kind of appreciated the steady rent. Yeah, they're funny that way, aren't they? Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote a book, though, back then, a cookbook, of, of all things. And that was fine, and I self-published it. In those days, it was a little bit harder than it is today. And uh, that did well, but then I had to focus on my career. And now, after all these years of providing for my family and uh, being a CFO and sales manager, I decided I wanted to get back to writing. So this seemed like a, a perfect opportunity. Yeah, a great cause, great mission, uh, something that's touched your heart, and you can write about it. Did you find it challenging to get back in that writing mode, or was it something you just fell back into naturally? Actually, I just fell back into it naturally. I, I figured out that you can't eat an elephant like this except one bite at a time, as the old saying goes. <laughs> so basically, not to say that I'm talking about elephants in my pet book, <laughs> this is a, it was a matter of a little bit every single night. So if I were just to do one page, I felt satisfied, and I put it down and worked on some more the next night. And over time, it slowly builds, and I ended up with a 320-page book. Wow, that's amazing. Now, when you went into it, did you think, okay, I'm going to focus on doing a, a page a night, a chapter a night, whatever it may be, or was it when you're tired or when you're, you've exhausted your ideas, you'll leave it alone, whether it's one page or 20 pages? Actually, my wife was the one who decided for me. <laughs> when... When she started yelling for me to come upstairs, that's when I was done. <laughs> good man, good man. Learn those lessons early, especially if she's sitting right beside you right now. That's always a killing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's going to listen to this later. Ah, there you go. Big kudos. Smart man. I tell you, that works out well. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting with writing. I love uh, you know talking to writers and authors and, and bloggers and about their whole process. And some are very uh, strategic, very methodical. You know, they just will not leave their room or their little shed, writer shed, until they've gotten at least X number of words down on paper. And others are like you know, whenever it moves them, you know, whenever they have the idea, whenever they feel they've got the uh, creative juices to put some things down, they they go for it. And of course, very, being a married man, I definitely understand when the wife calls then that's when you're done writing for the night. <laughs> right. Especially when you're working a day job of 10 hours a day. She, she wants to see me. Yeah, it would be good. When she doesn't want to see you and she wants you to write all the time, then you have something to worry about, Mark. <laughs> That's true. I'll keep that in mind for the sequel. Exactly. There you go. Well, then tell us about it. I know you're going to be writing a sequel to it, and it's great because there's just so many stories and, and getting the message out there I think is very important, and you're doing a great job of that. How's that coming along? Are you starting that process already? Is that something that is uh, more of get this book out there and get it going and then come back to the sequel? How's that process working? Actually, I started that process right away because I felt that once I got into the mode of writing again, I wanted to keep it going. But also, I had a lot of confidence that the book was going to do well and that I would be able to contribute to these shelters. And I felt if I can keep going and my readership would keep purchasing the book so I can keep helping the shelters, then it's a perfect marriage. So I'm planning at least three books. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we'll definitely uh, keep us, we'll keep posted on that for sure and get you on here to talk about those books as well. Now, Mark, if when everybody picks up a copy of the book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge, 
true animal rescue stories, after they've read the book, what would be the one thing that you would hope that they walk away from after reading the book? What do you want them to walk away with? I'd like them to be motivated to do something more. If they could volunteer or donate to shelters in their area or foster, a lot of people don't realize that they can simply foster an animal briefly while the shelter is looking for a permanent home. Somebody who doesn't want to have an animal living with them forever, they can just help out. Or they can be part of the process of helping these shelters by being cuddle partners. For example, some of the shelters would like people to just come in and hold the animals, get them socialized again. Because a lot of these animals, they've been out on the streets and they haven't been in contact with humans for a while. So they need to be re-socialized. If I could motivate those kinds of behaviors out there, then I've more than done my job. Excellent. And I think it's a good uh, good thing. That's good on you because you're absolutely right. There's the littlest things that can get involved that you can get involved with to help rescue organizations. And uh, I know that's how I got involved. You know, we, we did our tithing of our uh, funds where we could and then we bring gifts to the shelter. And next thing you know, we were walking the dogs and playing with the cats and then, of course, for my sales and doing uh, understanding how to do uh, fundraising, et cetera, that helped out. And next thing I know, I'm a president of a rescue organization. I did that for a while. So uh, you don't have to take all those steps, just simply coming by and helping out, supporting them, playing with the animals and giving them love, fostering. All those things can go a long way. And I think from when you say also from a, even a CFO standpoint or my background in sales, those things are needed at rescues also, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, there's all kind of ancillary support processes people can get involved in. For example, the courts are far behind in what is needed to protect the rights of animals. The courts treat animals as property. And in many states, animals are not protected in any way. Somebody can mistreat or abuse their pet and the courts won't do anything about it. So someone with a legal background might be able to get involved. And certainly a financial background is always needed to help the fundraising side of things and to keep those monies coming in. You know, keeping animals and vet bills and food and grooming, all of these things take a lot of cash for these shelters. And a lot of them don't have that kind of money or the, the way to go about fundraising even. That's right. That's right. So taking your uh, your skill sets, whether it's your professional skill sets or, or the things that you have as your talent or just simply your time helping rescues out, they'll take all of that as much as you can give them. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Mark, uh, where can people find out more about you and the book and all your activities going on? They can go to my website, which is easy to remember. It's just the last stop before rainbowbridge.com. And um, they can also purchase the book there. Or the book is also available on Amazon. So everybody take a look at that and purchase a copy of the book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge, True Animal Rescue Stories, Mark Feldstein. Mark, congratulations on the book. Great success. Keep us posted on all the uh, wonderful activities and the success you have. And we'll look forward to uh, speaking to you again real soon. Thank you very much. Can I mention one other thing? Sure. I just wanted to mention, just to give people a little perspective, I mentioned my dad was born in Brooklyn. What I didn't mention was that he created Mad Magazine and was one of the, uh, the, the editor for the first few decades of Mad. And he then retired and talk about changing direction. <laughs> <laughs> Big time change direction. And I, and I noticed that in the sheet here, hey, your mom, tell us a little bit about how your mom actually met met your dad. Oh, my mom was in New York and was getting a shoe shine. And 
the young guy was giving him the shine said, you should go upstairs to this building. Mad Magazine is up on the 13th floor. First of all, in New York City, you don't have any floors with 13. It skips from oh. 12 to 14. But that was the, one of the very few, if not the only building, and it happened to have Mad Magazine on that floor. Mom knew that my brother and I were huge fans of Mad, so I was about eight. And she, uh, she went up there and to get an autograph or some memorabilia or something, turned the corner, looked in an office, and fell in love. And they were married a year later. That's amazing. I love that story. That's just so great. I love how what, the serendipity or there's no such thing as coincidence happening. Right. That's right. So karma was there. It was perfect. So thanks for sharing that with us. So yeah, it's definitely a change of life when you're uh, one of the head guys at Mad Magazine. Next thing you know, you're in Montana with a ranch full of all kinds of critters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, Mark. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. Everybody pick up a copy of the book, Last Stop Before Rainbow Bridge, True Animal Rescue Stories. And uh, part of the proceeds go to help animal rescue. So everybody go get you a copy or five. Thanks, Mark, for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. I'd also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests that I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, please visit PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon and download the episodes and listen to them at your leisure. And while you're there, uh, make sure you check out all the other wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions or comments or ideas for the show, please email me at tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear most onto the show. For the secret question for the download of my book, audiobook, Wagging Tells Every Animal Has a Tell, here is the question for the night. Question is, Mark's father, who owned the ranch in Montana... What's the name of his dog, the first dog that he uh, purchased at the charity auction? So the name of Mark's father's dog, first one at the ranch. First person to email me at tim at petliferadio.com will win a copy of the uh, audiobook, Wagon Tells Every Animal Has a Tell. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.